a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in theory. An anomaly, properties undiscernible. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we answer your money questions. You're thinking, well, that's a weird show. Well, you found it. Uh, if you want to be on the show, you can't. Uh, but if you want your question to be on the show, by all means, email me. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. I... Answer your financial questions. Joined, as always, with millennial producer Nicole. Hello, millennial producer Nicole. Hi, Pete. How long? How much longer are you a millennial? Or is that like a permanent thing? I think I'm permanently a millennial. Because it's been, right? Wow. Yeah. Could have gotten awkward. So uh, three things we're dealing with this week, like we always do on the show. First, we're going to hit a 529 question from Aunt Jenny. Oh, hi, Aunt Jenny. It's not my aunt. It's someone's aunt. That feels uh, like a real, that's like a... I know. Aunt Jenny. Yeah. Totally. So we're doing Aunt Jenny's 529 question. Then we're going to talk about uh, that one thing. That one thing which is blocking your financial progress. And by you, I mean you, the listener, singular. <laughs> and then third, since it's Thanksgiving week, uh, we're going to hit a little Thanksgiving message from your buddy, uh, Turkey the planner. Uh, <laughs> all right, Nicole, here's the question from Aunt Jenny. Uh, Peter, hi. I, you know what? I'll be honest. I have read a lot of email. I don't think I've ever seen it say, like it's on in like the, the you know, the line, the salutation line says, yeah. Peter, hi, instead of hi, Peter. <laughs> but I'll go with it. Peter, hi. Hope this email finds you well. It did. Thank you for your sage counsel and insight. I think we'll stop there, Nicole. Uh, In August, I opened an account for the two-year-old with uh, Christmas around the corner. I'm opening one for the five-year-old and seven-year-old. However, However. my eldest nephew is turning 12 next month. Oh. Is it too late to open a 529 for him? He's six years away from college. I'm not sure that's enough time for market gains. If it's too late, do you recommend another saving avenue? Many thanks for your help and insight. Ginny finds me insightful. She mentioned the word insight twice. So I really like her a lot. Well, yeah. Here's what I can't understand. And I, I wrote about this in USA Today this week, and I'm also covering it here on the show. Um, I, I can't tell whether the two-year-old, five-year-old, and seven-year-old are also nieces and nephews. Right. I, it sounds like that. In August, I opened an account for the two-year-old. And with Chris, so she either forgot to tell me that, or because she just transitioned maybe from her kids to to her nephew. I don't know. So for the column and for now, I'm assuming Aunt Jenny is a baller and she's just putting money in everyone's accounts, uh, all her nephews. And I and I don't know anyone's a niece, so I had to make some assumptions. But here's the bigger question. I kind of had an Aunt Jenny. I can't lie. So. 529 is an interesting vehicle for what she's trying to accomplish, and it's really a state specific thing. So. 529 isn't by its nature risky or exposed to the stock market. If you choose to make it risky or if you choose to expose it to the stock market, that's on you. But in itself, it is not that. Uh, Nicole, here's the best way to think about it. You know, when you go to the grocery store, yes, you get a cart, right? Yes. The I like cart. The little mini ones. You like this? I do too. I they're don't know fun. why. I don't well, with the two two layers. Yeah, they're fun size, and I'm fun size, so you know. There you go. Voila. So I. Uh, the, I like to think of 529 and it's the cart. Your 529 plan is a cart. What you put in it 
really determines what happens next. You could put something spicy in it, Ooh. which would be something risky, if you will, or you could put something bland in it, and then it's not risky. And so uh, I, I think people in general need to get this idea out of their head that the fi- a 529 is risky or a 401k is risky or an IRA is risky. None of those uh, statements are, are factually true because they are vehicles. They are parts of the tax code that allow you to make contributions to something. What you choose to do with it is whether uh, determines whether there is risk in or reward. So that's the first and very important point. Yes. The second uh, point that is worth noting here is from a tax perspective, um, if you're trying to save for college, there really isn't anything better than a 529 plan for a couple of reasons. Uh, three to, to be exact. Uh, <laughs> when you put money in, you don't have to pay tax on whatever growth uh, occur, occur, occurs. Ooh. How come I can't say occur? Yeah, words are hard sometimes. Whatever growth occurs. Why would I say occurs? Um, that was a natural thing. I wasn't even <laughs> trying to be cute. What happened? <laughs> At least you're honest. I don't know. So you, you don't have to pay tax on any of the growth that occurs uh, in a 529, um, similar to an IRA, similar to a Roth IRA, similar to a, a 401k. So there's that tax advantage, uh, which again, is called tax deferred. Yes. Also, withdrawals for qualified educational expenses are tax-free. So it is tax-free at withdrawal. You don't have to you know, pay that deferred tax at the end. It is, in, in fact, tax-free, much in the way a Roth IRA is tax-free at withdrawal. But where 529 gets especially interesting is if you happen to live in a state like I do, Indiana, where there is great tax advantage for state taxes. For instance, in Indiana, uh, as we've talked about on the show, if you put in $5,000 into a 529 in a given year, you get a $1,000 tax credit. And Nicole, a tax credit is different than a tax deduction because you are then credited for having paid $1,000, which means if you've already paid that $1,000, you get $1,000 back. It it will result in a $1,000 difference in your tax liability for the state. That's great. It is great. So let's say, for instance, let's give an example here. Uh, Nicole, let's say you made a contribution to a 529 plan for someone, okay? Sure. And you typically get $400 back on your state tax returns. Mm -hmm. In this example I'm giving you, yes. Next year, if you put the five grand in, you would get one thousand four hundred dollars back on your taxes. Oh. Okay. So it is it is a thing. It is not a deduction where then you don't have to pay taxes on the thousand. Right. It is credited for taxes paid, which is a really big deal. Yeah. So, Jenny, depending on where you live, Aunt Jenny, you may live in a state that has this type of benefit. So let me let me take this a little bit further, and I'll, I will make myself the person here. Um, I have children. Have you met them? Uh, Me? Nicole, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, okay. I'm, very I just, familiar. Okay. They are loud. They're hard to forget. They are very loud. So let's uh, let's say I put $5,000 away every year until my youngest graduates college. That uh, That's a 25-year period for those uh, keeping score at home because my daughter's three years older. So with the gap, it's a 25 years until Ted graduates from college from the moment we had Ollie, who is our oldest. Ted. If we put $5,000 away every year, we would get a $1,000 tax credit every year. What I'm saying to you is that strategy would result in $25,000 of what I'm going to call 
free money. That's a big deal. That's a, yeah, that's a pretty penny. So in a state like Indiana, using a 529 to fund college is a super big deal. But the Mm -hmm. heart of Ginny's question with the 90 seconds we have left is, (laughs) is six years uh, too short of a time frame to let the market do its magic? Well, yes and no. Um, first of all, you don't have to be in the market with the 529. That's what I was saying at the beginning. You could be in a CD. You could be in a savings account. You could be in an age-based portfolio that accounts for the fact that you've only got 72 months until uh, little nephew Timmy goes to school. It doesn't really matter. Um, and besides, it doesn't matter if you were in a 529 or you're burying your money in your backyard in a coffee can. Um, your six-year time frame is, is it's the same. So it doesn't the, five, the fact that it's in a 529 has nothing to do with the market may not do great in six years. That has nothing to do with anything. Mm-mm. So my advice to Aunt Jenny is this. Yeah, use a 529, especially if you're in a, a state that has an amazing tax credit because you get a bunch of free money. Number two, just invest it based on the time horizon of six years, either in an age-based portfolio. But if you're too skittish, just use the CD option. And finally... Do something. Even if you don't use a 529, take the money and set it aside because the bigger risk is that you've not funded the goal. That was pretty clean, right? Yeah. I Com- like the way that wrapped well, up. Coming up after the, uh, the break, here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about the one thing in your life that is preventing you from making financial progress and how to fix it. That's on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm that fella. Question the right of any man. The voice his opinion is strong against any can. But then again, many men are citizens of their own little world, so they ain't really fitting in. I'm in the background blending in. Camouflaged by the scenery, but I'm a champion. Revamp the camp again. Put down the back on the Pete the Planner show. I'm Pete the Planner. I'm excited. I've got my voice back pretty much. I'm at about 99%. When you speak for a living and you don't have a voice, it prevents you from living your life. <laughs> yeah, that's how shallow I am. Nicole, welcome back. You made it back from the break. Thank you. Yes, I did. Good to be here. How do you spend that time? Um, well, I saved the audio file and then we went back to back to it. Let's move on. All right. Okay. So if you ever want to have a question answered on the show, just email me. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. That's ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. <laughs> uh, all right. So, Nicole, I've been... Uh, I, I'm starting a new book. Did I tell you this? Yes. I, I, did I talk to you? Yes. We had good news yesterday before oh, yeah. you left the office. So I'm starting to write another book. More details on that later. But one of the concepts I'm exploring in, exploring. in this... Exploring. Exploring. My words are weird today. It's because you got your voice back, man. You were really talking for I'm the first time. I'm just really making my way down the spectrum of sounds. Making your way down la, the la, 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 la. <laughs> So uh, one of the, the, the concepts I'm exploring is the concept of... Uh, that one thing that that people think about that they go, man, if, if this part of my financial life wasn't this way, everything else would be better, right? Yeah. You know, it's like what what if one thing could change in your financial life, just one, that you think is the, the sort of the the keystone to this all, right? It's if I didn't have student loan debt, we might be much better off, or if I made more money, or like what, can you think of any, if, if our mortgage wasn't so high yeah. or, um, 
Yeah, I got a couple. If I, I didn't have know. medical bills, right? Yeah. So we all have these sorts of things. Um, it, and I'll, you know, I, I haven't thought about this a lot, but I'm going to try to explore mine here for a second. Yeah. It, this may even seem like a regret, right? I mean, you, you can say, if I wouldn't regret. have done this, then everything would be better. Yeah. My biggest regret is waiting until 28 years old to start maxing out my 401k. So I made retirement contributions prior to 28 years old, mm-hmm. but it wasn't until I was 28 that I started maxing out. Now you could debate whether or not I had the resources to do it prior to 28. I, I would argue that I probably did. Um, but I look back at that, I'm like, man, that I feel like that got me behind the eight ball, despite the fact that I, statistically I'm still in front of people because most people don't max out their 401k. But that's something that sticks in my mind. But if I look at my current everyday life, what is the one thing, if this thing were better, uh, my financial life would be better? Yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. But here's what I want people to do. Because this is what I generally do when my brain gets stuck and I feel like a problem isn't getting solved. Um, I write about it. But now I'm a writer, so this may not be good advice for people who aren't a writer, but here's what I tend to do with my worries. I write down what I'm worried about and then what specifically would need to take place to solve that problem. So let's make something up. Let's say I have a $5,000 medical bill for hair transplants or whatever. I don't know, but I shaved my head, so it's definitely not that. Nope. Let's say I have a $5,000 medical bill and it really feels like it's weighing down my finances. And until that $5,000 is gone, did the air just kick on in the office? It did. Oh, you have to kill your mic. Oh, my gosh. See, look at that. You'd think we'd, we'd run a, a better... That's my fault. So that $5,000 is, is occupying your life. What does it take to get out? Obviously, it takes $5,000. But what period of time could you reasonably get out of that $5,000 in debt? Will it take a year? Will it take... Uh, five months? Will it take five years? And then once you come up with whatever your brain, uh, you know, determines to be the most natural solution, then you try to to superpower this thing. So here, here's here's a better example of that. So let's say the five thousand dollars of debt is what you've determined is your big issue, and based on what you're currently doing, you'll be out of that five thousand dollars in debt in eighteen months. What if we try to solve that problem sooner by doing something remarkable, right? I don't think people make remarkable moves financially, and they should. For instance, if I have a $5,000 debt that really is preventing me from moving on in my life, you need to do something crazy. You need to have a second job. You need to sell something. You need to find another way to solve that specific problem as soon as you can. And when you do that, not only will your perspective change on how a person is to solve problems, but more importantly, the problem is solved. Uh, I'm, I'm going to tap a, a different area, which I think I've talked about on the show a lot in the past. I don't know if I've talked about it recently, is I felt last fall that my health was not where I wanted it to be. Uh, 
I am not much for subtlety. So in terms of, uh, well, I'll work out twice a week and eat better and, and that'll be better. It doesn't work for me. So I tried to do something crazy. I tried to work out every single day for a year. Well, on November 6th of this past year was in Portland. Uh, I may have talked about this on the show recently. I don't know. I worked out for three hundred, my 365th day in a row. It completely changed my life. None of that actually made any sense. The idea that a person would work out every day for a year makes no sense on the surface when a person prior to that worked out about once a month, right? That makes no sense, but it changed everything. If you have $5,000 in in credit card debt, student loans, medical debt, whatever, more than $5,000, doesn't matter, whatever that issue is that feels like it's completely stymieing your growth, get creative, get extreme about solving that problem. I think that's what people don't do enough. They don't take the time to find what that keystone problem is in their life. And then they don't try hard enough to solve that one problem. Why? I have guesses. One, they're just caught up in their daily life. They're caught up in their lifestyle. And I, I am too. I don't blame them. This is not judgment. This is observation. If one thing for a long time has been pestering you and it's not getting any better, you've become tolerant and acceptant, uh, ex- ex- accepting of that particular situation. So I think what you have to do is to draw a line in the sand and and just simply say, I no longer accept this. Think about it. If you've got $40,000 in student loan debt that you've had for 10 years and you graduated from college 10 years ago and, and, and you've just grown to accept that, well, that's just how it is. Doesn't all it take is for you to say, I no longer accept this, and then your brain, your your reality will come up with a, a different solution? I know we're talking about some uh, pretty personal growthy style things right now, but that's the way things work. I bring up this example all the time on the show, and I'm gonna definitely write about it in the new book. My, one of my best friends looked at his financial life, and what he found out is the house he had bought the house he and his wife had purchased was the problem. They loved the house. It it was the center of their life. They had to root out the one thing that they loved the most because that one thing was the problem. They did it. Everything changed for the better. There are stories like this where people identify the one thing that is truly the problem. Maybe it's a job that you you hate so much and it just sucks the life out of you. Making that change, making that extreme change when there's focus and when there's a plan, it can make a lot of sense. Now, am I telling you to quit your job tomorrow? No, because I want you to have a plan and I want you to know what is next. I will continue to give updates on the book as they become available. Uh, I'll let you know. I'm targeting a spring release date for that book. Stay tuned. Coming up after the break, a little uh, Peter's Giving, a little Thanksgiving perspective for you here on this Thanksgiving week. I'm Pete the Planner, and this is my show. Hi, I'm internet podcaster Peter Dunn. You may know me as Pete the Planner. You hear me on the radio and on your podcasting device, but did you know you can also see me? 
on YouTube. That's right, we have a YouTube channel and we call it PeteThePlanner.tv. We ask you to subscribe so you can catch great shows like Pete's Eats and this here podcast with drawings. But the drawings are made with a video camera. Subscribe today. In like the end of the game at the casino I lean so the glare of the rearview don't hit me Swiftly through the avenues and boulevards Old soul playing on my speakers Old soul but young and age of all player Not from the Himalayas Back on the Pete the Planner Show Thanksgiving edition Uh, the, what is it, third Thursday of every November? Is that what it is? I think so Early this year I should know that Oh my gosh, so my birthday is the 29th and it always feels like my birthday is just a few days after Thanksgiving. This year, it's a full week. Oh, my god! A little stinking week. A whole stinking week. Uh, I'll be 41. Oh. You know, I don't even care anymore. Right. I really don't. I mean, I'm, things are good. I'm healthy. You know, I'm thankful for that. Speaking of thankful, wow. Wow. wow <laughs> How about that, Sagu? Yep. Wow. Um, listen, I want to <laughs> talk about how our stuff that we have can kind of block our gratefulness, mm-hmm. our gratitude, if you will. Yeah. So I uh, I love Joshua Becker, who is a writer on minimalism. He's been on the show, right? Mm, I th- yes. Oh, yes. Yes, he has. You know, he has a magazine. I don't know if it's called an e-zine or a real zine, and I write for it for some uh, sometimes, and he's just a good <laughs> dude. Uh, and he writes a lot about clutter, and the things in our lives that physically clutter our uh, where we live, our habitat, and how those things also clutter, well, frankly, our soul, right? It's like, I got so many things, I can't even appreciate the things that I have. And so a simple way to think about this is, uh, Nicole, let's say you have 50 shirts hanging in a closet. Okay. That's not probably a stretch. Nope. Okay. 50 shirts. Probably spot on. Okay. Hanging in a closet. Yep. If you get one more shirt, mm-hmm. do you really appreciate that shirt more? No, I favor it for a couple of days, but it's not like I'm like, yes, I appreciate you more than every other piece of clothing in my closet. But if you have, uh, it's one of 51 shirts right. at that point. At time. that point, yes. Let's say you get rid of 20 shirts. Mm-hmm. If you go down to 30 shirts... Do you then value those 30 shirts than you did when there was 51 shirts? Yes. See, that's the funny thing that happens. When we get rid of things, we value the things we have more, right? It's just weird addition via subtraction. Right. And if, if what we're concerned with in our souls is that we don't value the things we have, a way to do to fix that is not to get more things or get an additional thing. Anything you can buy is not solving the hole in your life beyond basic needs. Right. Right. And I say this, and I'm coming to you today as a person who is not the best at this, right? I buy things. I'm a human. Uh, I see something I like. I'm like, wow, that's cool. And I purchase it. And then I have it. And is it cool for a while until it feels less cool because I don't value it after a period of time. Does that make me a brat? I don't know. I'm just being honest. You can call me whatever you want to call me. (laughs) But here's what I know. When you have fewer things, you value those things more. One of the Mm -hmm. concepts of minimalism is that you don't have a bunch of stuff 
um, that is of uh, moderate quality uh, or, or price for that matter. Minimalism is not about being cheap. Mm-mm. It's a completely different thing. For instance, um, instead of having 15 kitchen knives, 15 you know sharp knives to cut vegetables, you have one. Right. And it's good. You don't have a chef's knife and then a paring knife and then a boning knife. You don't have all these. You have one and it's good, right? Or uh, you don't have three pairs of khakis. I don't have any pairs of khakis, but let's say <laughs> khakis are your thing. Khakis are your thing. Khakis. Khakis. Um, then you'd have one really good pair of khakis. Khakis are your thing. <laughs> Sorry. We all know a person. You and I share a dear friend. We do. And khakis is his thing. He loves a good pair of khakis. But he has probably several pairs of khakis. Or do you think he has a nice pair of khakis? See, I bet he has like the one like... Are they pleated or flat front? I think they're flat front. I think. I say that with confidence, but... I think we're getting off track. I think we are too. So this Thanksgiving season, what I'm going to do between now and the end of the year... Because I I get in this holiday, it's six weeks for me. I hit Thanksgiving and it's just like I'm in this spirit of love and giving and... And, and reflection and renaissance. Like, that's just how I get to oh, the end of the year. Pete, this is why you and I are one and the same. We are rays of sunshine Aww. paralleled down to the earth. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> that was good. It felt pretty good. That was um, good. So I use this time to work on myself. I, I to get projects done, to, to just, like, clear my head. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do something crazy. Cool. And I got to check with Josh Becker, Joshua Becker because I don't want to... I don't want to appropriate his things, but I want to maybe do this as a community. I want to get rid of 500 things, Whoa. 500 items between Thanksgiving and the end of the year. So he does something like this. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember the exact number, Frank. I think it's 100, but I'm like, look, 500. I mean, if you got kids, they got matchbox cars. There's like 200 right there. Done. Now, when I talk about getting Easy. rid of things, I'm talking about getting rid of my kids' things. Right, yeah. No, but, I'm, you know, like, uh, you get pair, you get rid of, like, six pairs of socks that have holes in them that are just in your drawer. I'm not going to call those 12 things. Maybe I could, though, but you that's could. six things. Right. Depends if they're balled up. Do you fold your socks or do you inside out them into a ball? I inside out them into a ball. So do I. Sarah folds her socks. Of course she does. I'm. It almost led to a relationship transition between us. Wow. Don't tell her I said that. Uh, Don't tell well. anyone I said that. Are we on the air? Um, <laughs> I wonder why we are. Uh, so anyway, I'm going to try to get rid of 500 <laughs> things between now and the end of the year. Uh, again, let, let's go back. I, I could probably easily get rid of between, you know, uh, shirts I work out in and old dress shirts. I could bet I could get rid of 15 to 20 shirts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pants. Oh, man. Probably five pairs of pants, five pairs of shorts. And yeah. that, that, that's just clothes. Because it's like one of those, even the pants that I own, they don't totally fit me correctly, right? Yes. But I still wear why, why, them. Why did I just say yes with such conviction? <laughs> because they, God, yes. that was creepy. If you really <laughs> dug into it, you started talking about your pants and I was like, yes. Well, was, man, I <laughs> oh. wish I'd had that moment back. Okay. That moment is indelible. <laughs> I don't know what that means either. Um, but think about kitchen items. Yeah. How many stinking spatulas do you need? And the Tupperwares. How many of the Uh, Tupperwares do you actually have the correlating top and bottom to? CDs. Compact discs. (laughs) VHS tapes. Uh, I mean, I'm just thinking books that you know, that you've already read that you're not going to go back and read. Right. 
Yeah. I mean, you could get to five. How? Okay, so this is, I'm not challenging you to match my five hundy, but I'm curious. If you were to adopt this thinking, Frank, yes, how many things would you be willing to commit to getting rid of via trash, donation to a goodwill or Salvation Army or something? How many things would could you think between now and the end of the year you and special friend could get rid of? Together, we could do 100 things. You're also, what, 17 years younger than me? Yeah. I have 17 years more of crap. Yeah. Well, that, and we've, we've done that whole dance of I've moved. Oh, and the parents bring over stuff. Right. Since like 2016, I've moved three times. So. Oh, so you've cut some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, uh, you know, I'm deep into that stage of every time my parents come over, they bring me another box of stuff that they found of mine. Mom and dad are starting to do that because everything's down in their basement and they've That never stops. No. I'm Mm. very appreciative of them and their health, but. Or they try to pawn stuff off onto me they're like you want this end table i'm like no you so, know where i live i have end tables i need no more so much stuff so much stuff so if you would like to join the get rid of stuff here's what i'd like you to do and i'm going to check with joshua becker again i'm not trying to steal ideas these are his ideas email me ask pete at petetheplanner.com Subject line, get rid of stuff, and just tell me how many items you'll be getting rid of over the next six weeks. Do you like this, Nicole? I like this. If you want to tweet me, at Pete the Planner, how many things you're going to get rid of between now and the end of the year. You know, can we see if maybe we can get Josh Becker on next week or the week yeah. after, and he can formally do this for us? Yeah, I'll send him an email. Um, all right. After the break, you want to talk about uh, things. How about the biggest waste of money of the week? I got two of them this week. One of them is about the dumbest thing I've ever heard of, uh, and the other one it's dumb, but it probably serves a purpose. Are you excited for that? I am. Are you going to have one too? Or it's just me. Um, I can have one. Yeah. Then I'll tell you about my bougie Thanksgiving menu. Ooh. That's all coming up after the break. I'm Pete the Planner, and this is my show about money and things. Every day living through the peace of my soul, I remain whole even in the middle of the pain. Even though my life has the rain, I still remain sane, writing and creating for my life. And my pen is my sword given by the Lord, and I use it to fight the tides of restriction. Sometimes I'm conflicted by myself looking at the trees too much and can't see the forest. Enemies shall inherit the earth, and I want to inherit something, something other than the high blood pressure and diabetes. So work is what I got to do. Stay true to my enemy and water the trees that I sing from and look out for the lumberjacks. Running with the gale force wind at my back. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. This lays great errors to rest. Back on the Pizza Planner Show Thanksgiving edition. Cobble, cobble. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, we're going to keep that. Um all right, so the, uh, producer Nicole joins me. Uh, Hi. Biggest waste of money of the week is this segment. Um, however, first, I want to give Hello. you my bougie Thanksgiving menu. Nicole, I like to cook, and when I have time, I like to cook over-the-top meals. Yes. Um, Which my, works out really well for us. It does. It works it, out well for everyone. It really does. In my life. I love Thanksgiving more than anything. It's my favorite day of the year. I love Thanksgiving. Um, and... I go all out starting on Tuesday night of Thanksgiving. I, I make things and I, I've got this sort of these, these items I always make, but, but they evolve over time. Like 
I changed the formation of them over time. And by me reading my menu to you, mm-hmm. uh, you will understand this. Okay. So this year, it all starts how everyone starts, right? If, if you first start making Thanksgiving when it's your thing, you make a whole stinking turkey in the oven, right? Just traditional yes. Martha Stewart's there. It's just, it's a turkey and it's lovely. So I stopped doing that, right? I started spatchcocking the turkey, which you don't have to bleep that. It's when you cut the backbone out and then flatten the chicken down. So the chicken looks like it's doing the splits. Yes. Okay. So I did that for a while and that's really good. And you can actually cook a turkey all the way through with no issues in under two hours and things don't dry out if you spatchcock it and just lay it flat on a sheet tray. Uh, So I did that for a while. But now I'm I'm taking the bird apart, like completely apart, right? Oh. I'm taking the breasts off. I'm taking the legs and the thighs off, and I'm just breaking them all down, and I'm sous vide the turkey breast, which for those that don't know, it's when you take a, a water bath held at a particular temperature, then place the whatever you're cooking in a bag so it doesn't get wet, and then so it's held at a specific temperature. So I'm doing that with the turkey breast, and I'm going to reverse sear them at the end to put some texture on them. And then I'm taking the turkey legs and I'm putting them in a red wine braise. Oh. So a little wine bath for them. And so they really break down to the dark meat. And so those are the, those are my proteins, okay? Oh. And then instead of my normal uh, chipotle roasted sweet potatoes that are whipped, mm-hmm. I'm doing a butternut squash risotto with goat cheese and cranberries. <laughs> yeah, that sounds delicious. Um, and then, okay, so this is where things got extra this week. I normally do, and this is Mrs. Planner's favorite, it's my caramelized onion and cornbread stuffing that I do, and I put some cranberries in that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as you should. But this week, I talked to my good friend, Neil Brown, chef, and I said, Neil, I'm, can I make waffles out of these? So I, now I'm using the same recipe, but I'm going to make Belgian waffles out yeah. of them. Yeah, you are. Right? So things yeah. are just getting weird, right? But in the best way. But in a really good way. I'm into uh, it. Then, uh, the, of course, the roasted Brussels sprouts with bacon and pomegranate seeds. Mm-hmm. Those are delicious. And yep. then finally, chipotle orange cranberry sauce. Yo. So you just make cranberry sauce, put a little orange zest in there, but then you just put a little dabble of uh, pureed uh, chipotle, and they just are smoky and delicious. Mm. So that's my menu. This week's biggest waste of money of the week is... Hmm, here it is. The Tom Dixon Rockweight. Made from a solid piece of green forest marble, the Tom Dixon Rockweight is the most elegant piece of training equipment you can buy. It measures roughly 8 inches across and 4 inches in diameter, yet weighs just 5.5 pounds. Light. Buy a single for your desk, a pair as decoration for your home gym, or a whole rackful for your next art installation. A five and a half pound weight, $225. What? I mean, it's a piece of marble shaped. It looks like a giant chess piece, like a gigantic pawn. Yeah. Made out of marble and it's a barbell or a dumbbell <laughs> for $225 for five and a half pounds. Like you don't even have to be that strong. You just have to be stupid to buy that. My favorite is they suggest a decoration for your in-home gym. Or your art installation, because yeah. that's what I have. Yeah. Uh, next is, uh, or do you, you, once you go, okay. a little show and tell, you're up. A little show and tell. So the Highland Park 50-year-old Scotch Whiskey, mm. the brand's oldest bottling in nearly a decade, this 50-year-old whiskey from Highland Park was laid down to age in 1964. Oh, it's as old as my mom. The, oh my gosh, why are you going to... 
<laughs> that seemed unsavory. <laughs> the two sherry seasoned Spanish hogshead casks that make up this bottle, yielding just 274 bottles, with only 77 of those hitting U.S. shelves, presented in an embossed bottle created by Scottish designer Andy Bowman. The whiskey comes in bespoke handmade oak box and includes a polished crystal and silver decanter and a brown leather book with details on the making of this elegant, elegant scotch. Can I guess? Yes. I'm going to go $24,999. You were a little over. Oh, what is it? Fifteen. Fifteen thousand. Yep. It's it's the leather book. That's what that's what does it. That's pretty wasteful. <laughs> right? What? That's not great. All right, here's mine. The Upright Go Posture Trainer. We could all use better posture, aside from making you look better. It also keeps back issues at bay and helps strengthen your core. The Upright Go Posture Trainer helps you get there. It adheres to your upper back, tracking your pot. It looks like a, uh, a Tic Tac case. Oh, okay. Okay, it's the size of a Tic Tac case, but it's all white. <laughs> looks like Apple makes it. The Upright Go Posture Trainer helps you get there. It adheres to your upper back, tracking your posture throughout the day and providing gentle vibration reminders to stand up or sit up straighter. It looks like Apple made it. When you have some free time, the companion app will also work to train your back and core muscles to keep you more upright, and you can expect to see results in as little as two weeks. $80 to strap a TikTok, a TikTok, TikTok box to your back. <laughs> Tic-tac box to your back. Tic-tac Say that. Box. Say it. Tic-tac box to your back. Tic-tac box to your back. It's fun. It Everyone fun. should do that. I like that. Um, 80 bucks, and it just what? vibrates if you slouch. No. I mean, is that a good thing? I mean, probably, but I would just get annoyed and probably chuck it. I, I don't like I the idea myself. that it gives you gentle vibration no. reminders. It should be like, sit up, dummy. Like, yep. it should, like, say something. Get it together, man. Come on, get it. Um, do you remember when you were a kid? Did you ever bite your nails? Yes. So I had a friend in, in third grade who used to bite his nails, and his mom bought some bitter apple spray. You know about this? Yeah, I've heard about this. I mean, this it could have been a 1980s thing. I don't know if they still do it to the kids today. But basically, he would bite his nails, and he was it was gross. And so his mom would spray his fingers with this really greasy, bitter apple spray. So if he went to bite it, then... Oh then my he, God. He's, so it's like the, it trains you like this does. This is the gentle vibration to your back. Yeah. My friend had the bitter apple spray, but there's another side to the bitter, a bitter apple spray story. Yeah. Do you want to hear it? I do. He started liking the bitter apple. Ew. So what ended up happening was his nail problem got worse. Because. It, but his mom thought that it didn't work. <gasps> but it was an attractant. It was like catnip. Oh. After a while, he liked it a lot. And it, I don't know what he's he's doing today. I think he's filed bankruptcy, but I don't know the rest of the story. Um, that's that's a strange repercussion for something that's supposed to train your habits. Agreed. What if you get this upright go posture trainer, and then you're just like you're really into the the back vibrations, and you just use it as a back rub tool, and you don't ever get better posture? Have you thought about this? Plot twist. What are you making for Thanksgiving? Um. Well, we're doing brunch with my special friend's mom. And what are his, you making? What am I making? You. I I don't know. I'm that sounds like someone who's making anything. nothing. Well, yeah, probably not because oh it's God. not at my house. You're going to take anything? Don't chastise me. I, that's exactly what I'm doing. Don't. I want you to be good at Thanksgiving. Tis the season to be thankful and kind, and you're just really serving No, it. I'm trying to help those around you by making you better at Thanksgiving. Mm. 
I kind of am surrounded by control freaks. I'm not going to lie. Well, that's true. I want to be one of those and control your Thanksgiving to be better. I love Thanksgiving. It's the best holiday. There's football, which is usually not great, but it's there. Great food, right? Yes. You get to see some people. We never have, you know, some people are like, oh, we talk politics around the Thanksgiving table. Not at ours. Like everyone gets along. Everyone's sort of on the same page. Yeah, no, we don't talk any politics at my family. My wife's brother's coming to town with his family. He's one of my best friends, so that's great. Wait, how are they doing? Are Were they impacted any by the fires out? No, Montana? it's close. I mean, it, it, they're close, but they're okay. But Good. I do have some friends, and you have some friends I that do. are impacted. So uh, sending love and prayer and thoughts and everything you should send and money uh, to the folks out affected by the California wildfires. That's all we have time for this week. Happy Thanksgiving to you. I am grateful for you and your time listening to the show to try to make your financial life better. I'm sending you good vibes because good vibes are all that's in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner and this is my show. This is for information purposes only. Not the Swiss financial planning device. Consult a financial divisor. Magnificence in an instance, I can make you dance, cry, or love. Fly as a dove, released from Everest. The fresh is fresh, and you can call me ET. Word to John Tesh. Let me bless this harmonic presentation. It's amazing, so amazing. I'm the reason. Uh, salutations. I bring you love, trying greetings from a faraway land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love Tron can restore your health. I bring you greetings, uh, salutations. How you doing? And is that how y'all say it? The tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little, little star. I sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound and travel to my other world. Out of this world, spaceship on my arm took me home. Filled by the ink and the megabytes and the hypertext transfer protocol stronger than the Skynet and the Terminator. I push faders into warp speed, glide with ease, creating a breeze they call a 